Thank you, students, uh, for that song. And I can't think of a better challenge than to ask God to be near to each one of our graduates. And thank you, young people, for your memories tonight. You did a wonderful job and uh, spoke to our hearts. It's a pleasure for me to introduce our baccalaureate speaker for this year, Mr. Larry Smith, has been at the school for 26 years. During that time, he's been a coach of several different uh, sports teams. He's been a teacher, uh, our junior high principal, our high school principal. Now he's a junior high principal again this year. But one thing that I appreciate about Mr. Smith is every responsibility that he has, he does it with a heart for the young people and a heart for God, whether he's uh, dealing with a discipline issue or encouraging someone, whether he's praying for them, which I have done with him many times for our students. He cares about our young people, and he does it because he wants the best for them. He also has a son, his final child, graduating this year from Highlands Christian Academy, and I thought it would be a pleasure to hear him tonight. So, Mr. Smith, you come and you speak to us. Well, what a privilege it is for me to be able to uh, address my colleagues and uh, this esteemed class, and especially you as parents uh, who have gone down the road of education with these kids for many years. And the road isn't easy. But we're here. And... Uh, I am Andrew's father. The road, that road has been uh, a great one, I have to say. And as I was going down, uh, trying to be unique, maybe in what I addressed a senior class with, I started looking through uh, their yearbook. And I started looking, of course, at the baby pictures. Uh, if you really want to sit down and have a good laugh, you need to go down and, and, and sit down and look at that for a while because there are some people who haven't changed. <laughs> you can go and you can point at these pictures and you know who it is right away. You don't have to look down at the bottom where the answers are upside down. And then there's others. I'm not sure that's their picture <laughs> because they have changed a lot. There's a lot of changes that take place uh, as we go through this journey of education. And we are at the point now where you are saying, what's next? And parents, I know you are wondering what's next, too, <laughs> and how it's going to get paid for. Uh, but what's next? And, and our, some of our seniors were asked that, and they put some of these. I uh, went beside their senior pictures. And I looked at what they thought the future was going to be, maybe in 10 years. One of them says, happily married, cash flow. <laughs> I'll have a successful job in New York, being successful, living successfully, working, whatever God wills, playing baseball, saving the world, having a good job whatever God wants me to do, making millions, Entre entrepreneur, happily married, 
owning a bakery. Needless to say, we have a, a number of students, and, and I dare say everyone that is sitting here today who is looking forward to success. Whether it is in the home, whether it's in business, no matter what it is. And as I began looking at that and thinking about that, I said, you know what, this is very unique to address a senior class about success. And so I named my uh, little message tonight, The Road to Success. Isn't, isn't that amazing? I'm sorry, I couldn't come up with anything different. So I started looking uh, for names of successful people. I came up with Oprah Winfrey. At age 57, has a net value of approximately $2.7 billion, with a B. LeBron James, D. Wade, Derrick Rose, all having attained MVP status. Thomas Edison achieved the light bulb. Robert Jarvik invented the implantable artificial heart. William Wilberforce authored the Slave Trade Act of 1803, which led to the Slave Abolition Act of 1833. Down through history, there's been many people that have achieved success in their lives, a lot in different areas of their lives. And I would dare say that you would all agree with me in those names that those people have been successful. But I remember an interview of LeBron James. He was being interviewed about where he is in the NBA right now and, and his success. And somebody came up with a remark, yeah, it's because you're so talented. He was highly offended by that. Because the person that said that led people to believe that there was no work involved. There was no road to be traveled before he got to that point of success in his life. LeBron went on to straighten him out, of course, saying there were hours and thousands of hours spent preparing to be where he is today. Oprah didn't just walk into her position, didn't just have a bank account of $2. billion or $2.7 billion. Many hours overcoming prejudice in her life, people acting that way toward her. Edison, who said, I have not failed, I have found 10,000 ways that won't work for the light bulb. He had a long road before he achieved what he set out to do. Jarvik would probably echo that same sentiment about the artificial heart. And Wilberforce, for 26 years, faced danger, hatred, attacks, and sickness, all for the sake of those being sold as slaves. The road that these people took to find success was long and hard. And that's what I would like us to focus on tonight, is the road to success. There's no question that each one of you students and each one of us here tonight desires to achieve success in our lives. But it's not so much the level of success, but how we go down that road.
I would look, like to look back into history just a little bit further, into Jewish history. In Jewish history, there are four young men, and these are not the only four young men, but there were four young men that you and I both would consider to be highly successful. And it came even in a very powerful government and empire of the day. These four young men were taken suddenly from their homes, probably your age, and and ripped from their parents, ripped from everything they were comfortable with, and taken to the empire of Babylon. But we can look in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 40, and we can see what is said about Daniel. Even after experiencing this difficult road, Everything he knew was taken from him. Daniel 2.40 says, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. Same thing was said to the, for the other three. Daniel 3.30 Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the province of Babylon. The road that these young men took to get there was not easy. I would like to take just a brief look at a few of the bumps in their road because I think that we are going to be able to to take a lesson from the road they traveled and the success they achieved and experienced and we can see how they did it and get a glimpse of how you can do it too. These young men being separated from their families and homes and forced to live in the the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar, had to make a choice. As they were brought to his palace, they were put into classes. They were given food from the king's table. They were given, really, everything that would have looked awesome to everybody else that was taken into captivity, too. Except Daniel knew that the food they were being given and some of the things that they were doing went against the law that he had been taught all his life. Granted, it was the law of their diet. But Daniel, Daniel showed his commitment. And I want you to remember that word, commitment. In Daniel 1.8, it says that, that Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He had everything going for him at this time, but he said, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to disobey God in the law that he has given me. Now, I found it strange as I was looking at this, but I did not see the same thing mentioned about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My mind wandered a little bit, and I don't have biblical proof for this. But in my mind and heart, I wonder if Daniel was not that person that stood in the face of this temptation and encouraged his three friends to take the same stand. You know, sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us and encourage us in the right way. In college, I had that. If you've been here quite a while. If you remember Mr. Fight, he 
was a soccer coach and a science teacher, a singer. He came alongside me in college, and it was at a point where I was kind of wavering. And he said, hey, man, let's live for God. Didn't mean we had to be freaks. Didn't mean we couldn't be in sports. Because he said, let's live for God while we're athletes and make a difference. That helped me to cross that border into living for God. If you go down through this story very far, you're going to see that Daniel faced some challenges in his life. He was called in, or he was a wise man, uh, considered a wise man there in, in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's court. And he was asked to interpret a dream. Nebuchadnezzar was very troubled by this and couldn't find anybody to, to uh, interpret this dream for him, and it troubled him. And he asked Daniel uh, to do this. And Daniel was able, he was given this ability to interpret the, the uh, king's dream from God. Now, not only was Daniel committed, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego committed to obeying God and the law that he had given him, but they also prayed and they sought after God. They sought for his leadership. They wanted to know what God wanted. God wanted them to be where they were, in bondage, not, it was away from their families, and God wanted them there to learn some lessons to be an example. And they knew they would have to pray to do that. Daniel 2, verses 20 through 23, just shows exactly what Daniel was like. It says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and acknowledge the discerning to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made me known to you have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel was facing death if he couldn't uh, interpret this dream. God gave him the answer because Daniel asked for it. We see this lived out in his life over and over again. Of course, we can go look, uh, further into the book of Daniel in, in chapter 6, and we see where Daniel is facing the den of lions. And again, his prayer to God, his life, God spared his life. And it was to show the king and to teach Daniel and those around him the lessons of life so that they could be successful. And the last thing I would like to show you in Daniel's life in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the idea of humility. Knowing where they stood in comparison to God and others. Now I have to say that these men, young men, were raised and put into positions of glory, of power, of prestige. 
They had it all. Even though it wasn't in their homeland, they had it all. But they didn't lose their perspective. They were humble about their diet. And they could ask for a different diet than the king's food because they were confident that they knew their obedience to God's law would bring success. They were confident in interpreting the dream through, uh, through the prayer and through the help of God. And Daniel shows his humility when he says this, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He didn't take credit for interpreting those dreams. He gave every credit to God. When the fiery furnace was uh, facing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel Daniel chapter 3, they replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves uh, before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. The lion's den, the same thing. Daniel chapter 6, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he, he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God. Now listen to that. That was Nebuchadnezzar, the king, saying, Servant of the living God. Daniel not only showed this humility in his life, his prayer, his commitment, but it was affecting even the king of the land. Young people, make no mistake about it. If you will commit yourself to living a life that is honoring to God, you will not only affect your own life, your own family, but you'll affect everybody around you. Daniel ended up uh, saying this, uh, May the king live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouths of the lions. It was all about God. Now today's view of success is not all about God. If we ask society at, uh, at large to tell us what they think success is, it would be making the millions. I wouldn't mind trying it out. Don't get me wrong. But that is one kind of success that will end when you die. We must understand that God controls the future. He is sovereign. He has a plan for your life. And if you're one of his children, he will take you through what he deems necessary to mold you and make you the most successful for him. In this class, there have been a number of students who have gone down some very difficult roads in their high, uh, their high school career. And I can tell you this, that when each one of those situations took place, it caused me to become more of a prayer. See, you have had an impact on people, me. 
Even the rough road that you're going down helps other people. It may even be a fiery furnace of ridicule in the secular classroom in the years to come that you have to face, or a lion's den of peers. But if you, class of 2011, are committed to obeying him, keeping constant communication with God in prayer, and remaining humble before him, you can expect to be successful. Not necessarily in the financial sector, or professional sporting industry, but in making a difference for the eternity of people's lives. Class of 2012 or 11, I wish you the best. And my prayer is that you'll stay committed to God, that you'll never forget what you've been taught, the principles you've been taught here. Because when you are successful in changing people's lives for eternity. That doesn't go away. The millions will. Thank you very much.